This is episode number 387 with Data Leadership Coach Lillian Pearson. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, everybody. Super excited to have you back here on the show. Today's episode is with a special guest, Lillian Pearson. So Lillian Pearson is a data science trainer, and she has helped lots of people to improve their careers in data science. In today's episode, we spoke mostly about data leadership and what that means. And this episode is specifically for you if you want to add data leadership to your data science career. So um, some people prefer to improve, constantly improve their coding excellence. And that's totally, absolutely a great career path. But others want to become leaders and want to lead organizations, want to lead people and want to add that leadership element to their careers. So if you're in that second group, then this podcast is for you. Uh, In today's conversation, we discussed some interesting things. So for example, you'll find out the four superpowers of a great data leader, what those superpowers are, why, what they bring to the table, and what that means for you. Why becoming a data leader is important in today's world and what it means for your career growth and what it also means for your organization, what kind of challenges you'll be addressing. And another thing we talked about is how COVID is impacting the data landscape. There's Lillian has identified four ways that COVID is impacting the data landscape and what you can do with your data science career depending on which part of the world you're located in. So there we go, that's the main parts of this podcast. Of course, we'll talk about lots of other things along the way. And I hope you find this conversation exciting and interesting. Data leadership is one of those things that can boost your career in data science for sure. So off we go. Without further ado, I bring to you data science trainer Lillian Pearson. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast, everybody. Super pumped to have you back here on the show. And today we've got a very special guest, Lillian Pearson, calling in from Koh Samoy, Thailand. Lillian, welcome. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on the show, Kirill. It's it's a pleasure. Tell us a bit about what you do. What is your business about? When did you get started? Um, okay, so I started my side hustle back in 2012, which was called Big Data Gal. And then I quit my day job in 2013, and I kind of didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of knew it was in the data space. Um, And then, so I just worked, I wrote books uh, for Wiley, and I did courses for LinkedIn Learning. And uh, I got a a lot of work just from my uh, 
social media stuff, it would attract, you know, my, it would just attract B2B clients, which was great. But then, um, I guess about three years ago, maybe four years ago, I kind of started going into the B2C space with my business and helping individuals. And um, now I'm pretty much, I'm firmly rooted in that. So um, I get B2B deals from, from just organically, but my main focus is on helping data professionals become data leaders, uh, be it through um, becoming data leaders in their organization and the company where they work, or actually stepping out into their own, in their own data business. Okay, very interesting. Um, and I want to talk about that in a second, but let's rewind back a little bit. So where did you get the skills? Like, what's your background? Uh, you're a data coach now. You help people become data leaders. Where did you get the skills for that? Like, what? what I'm just curious um, what you did is as a data scientist or in the data, data space before your business. Do you mind, like, just giving us a quick snapshot so we, we paint a better picture? Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm a professional engineer. And I, I have an environmental engineering degree. So I uh, did a lot of like hydraulic modeling and this and that. And then I just ended up moving into analytics and spatial data science in Python. And it was back in 2012. And I just realized that data was my calling um, when I had that opportunity. So oh, I, awesome. Awesome. Similar as my, like I had a similar story for me. It's, I mean, to timeline, like. I think 2012, I started my uh, like work at Deloitte, but then about 2014-15, I realized like what you realized, data is my calling. So that's that's really cool. Let's talk a bit about uh, your recent winning with data. So you have quite a lot of things that you have created, assets and kind of like giveaways, free things and paid things that help people in different um, roles in data science. Let's talk a bit about winning with data. This is, I think, your like is becoming your flagship product. What is it all about? It is about helping data professionals transform into data leaders. So that, well, one, so that they can feel more satisfied with the work that they're doing, knowing that the work they do is actually creating value in the organizations they lead. Also, help them earn more money, which everyone enjoys making more money because yeah. it's quality of life i like the pre-emphasis of it like tell could you tell me a bit about like where where did that idea come from like i was reading through it and at some point you say that your organization needs a data leader and nobody else and you're you're the right person to fill fit the bill right they're not going to go and find a data leader unless you know they already have a chief data science data scientist or chief data officer very likely it is the data scientist's role to be that voice, to be that data leader. So I found that a very insightful idea. And that way, every single person who's doing data analytics work right now should be considering themselves as the data leader. Like it, it's hard to kind of imagine or hard to put, put, get that perspective, but nobody else in the organization knows data and data science as good as you, right? Like you are the expert, subject matter expert. So you need to be the leader as well. Um, how did you come up with that idea? And then let's talk about your four superpowers uh, of great data leaders. I, I love that. And I'd love to uh, get your thoughts on it. So I am on a mission <laughs> yeah. to help data professionals become data leaders and equip them at a low price point with the skills they need to start managing the profitability of, 
of the data projects that they're leading and and start managing the relationships with the executives and be able to do that in-house. So you don't have to hire a million dollar per year consulting company to come in and do a half half ass job, you know? Okay, so I've worked, I've done data strategy work behind some of those companies and I've seen what they deliver and I know the price tag associated with that. So that's the whole thing behind why I created Winning with Data and why I got into this. So I guess you could say democratize data leadership. That, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, so what is it that you offer? In, like, oh, what, what is it that you, what is data strategy, data leadership to you? Like when you, when a client comes to you, what normally is the problem that they have, the pain that you help them solve? Okay, so when I do B2B, I'm usually working with um, either either data leaders or business leaders. So for business leaders, a lot of times they need that that data literacy training in addition to process. So I would um, educate them on, you know, how the different tools, um, technologies, people, and processes um, that are used to create value from business value from data. Um, and then we would look at creating a plan. We would start working through, okay, what is the most efficient use case for your organization given your current setup and help them plot out, okay, what are next steps? How do we take what you've currently got and synthesize it together and so that you can you can implement this, this use case um, and start generating profits with your existing resources. You see, you do need to understand how data, these data science models work, how data engineering works, what are the caveats, what are the, inter, you know, how everything fits together in terms of the technologies and the tools. But you also have to understand um, consulting and business and um, project management and executive relationships and stakeholder management and all of these things that kind of go into make turning that raw technology into something that actually produces, you know, actually produces value profit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I understand. I understand. Okay. That's a, that's valuable. And so, um, how can individual people, so you have these four superpowers of a great data leader, um, Maybe if you could talk a bit about that, like what what are those strengths or focus areas that an individual data scientist needs to develop to become a data leader? Sure, absolutely. Um, and before going into that, I would say, I wanted to mention because before our call, you mentioned like about coders, about data scientists that they do just want they want to they like to code. My husband, yeah. that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to mess with any of. Some- in some cases, people people don't want to become leaders, want to just continue developing the technical ex- excellence. Yeah, and that's great. We need that. People want to feel that they're making a positive impact on the world, right? However, some people want to they want to make that impact using technology. That's just what they want to do. They wanna they want to code. They wanna they want to just work with the technology part of it. They don't want to deal with the people. Other people want to scale the impact they're making with data across people, right? So this Winning with the Data program is actually, it's for data professionals who want to scale their impact across people. Okay. Um, 
And so the four, going back to your question, the four, the superpowers are data strategy, project management, thought leadership, and organizational leadership. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's, why did you identify those, those four specifically? What, just in a nutshell, each one of them, what, what does each one of them bring to the table? Okay. Well, why I actually broke it down that way actually was because I, uh, I just like, I do most things I reverse, I backed it into it. So I went and I looked at chief data officers and what they're looking for when they hire a chief data officer. And I made a long list of skills, competencies and all that. And I categorized them. And when I did that, um, it was very easy to break it into those four main main, um, superpowers. So data strategy is, of course, building a technical plan for your data projects to to make sure they're profitable. And then project management is actually managing the implementation of that data project. And managing, you know, in terms of managing the people and um, the stakeholders and the everything to do with project management. Thought leadership is also a major expectation for, for data leaders, for chief data officers, for head of data science, um, all of these things, because they are looking, organizations are looking for com- people who can inspire and motivate and um, can enhance their the culture across the organization because without that data that passion for data across like baked into the corporate culture what you find is you could build tools but people don't want to use them so it's um that is okay so there's thought leadership um and thought leadership the way i structured it in winning with the data there's two there's two ways so one is in-house where you're developing that culture, that thought leadership within the company that you work at. And then the other is on LinkedIn because you can get tons of opportunity. Like my client, I just did a call with them. uh, One of my clients and he said he got from my coaching program, he got a $96,000 contract straight off of LinkedIn, you know, and I've made, hundreds of thousands of dollars off of LinkedIn just because um, just from showing up there as a thought leader, it, it drives um, opportunities. So maybe there's too much, too many politics where you work right now and they don't want to elevate you into data, a data leadership position. That's fine because if you show up on LinkedIn, you can probably attract that opportunity from elsewhere so long as you show up as a data leader. So this program takes data professionals who are doing implementation work or maybe data leaders, but they want to become better data leaders. And it helps them start showing up both inside their organization and online as a leader to start attracting these conversations, to start getting them invited to the leadership table in their company, all of these things. Um, and then gives them the skills that they need to get started with project management and also data strategy. But and then the last one is leadership, which is then more about culture, about uh, relationship management and uh, community, uh, professional organizations, because companies also want to see that you can that you understand how to support business leaders and create that culture and um, that you are a presence that you that someone that you can be the kind of what do they call it the champion or the 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 poster child of we are 
we are data, we're ahead in the data space for that whole company. They want you to be able to show up for their company and basically be a, be a, evangelize, I guess they say, uh, evangelize like our cultures, our value and start attracting more and more good talent and also start cultivating more and more um, good, good uh, fellowship within the ranks of the organization. Okay, wow, fantastic. So just to recap, we've got data strategy skills to be able to come up with uh, a strategy or, you know, what tools are we going to use? Where are we going to focus on? How are we going to grow the team? How are we going to integrate data across the business? Uh, project management skills to put all that strategy into action, supervise, make sure that nothing falls through. Uh, thought leadership skills to spread uh, a data literacy around the within the organization to spread data literacy to help other people understand, not be afraid of data, to uh, create a data-driven culture, to show people that data is here to help. And on the other hand, thought leadership outside in order to create additional opportunities for yourself in case uh, the ones in inside the company are not uh, sufficient. And finally, leadership, or you also called organizational leadership, that's in order to um, have those communications with important stakeholders to uh, lead teams. And basically, that's a necessary component of any any leadership role. Um, great. So that's uh, that's a very that's very important for for components for superpowers as you call them. Uh, on your website for winning with data, you uh, give give a great uh, illustration of what happens when somebody develops those four. And you basically say that uh, that allows you to move from an analyst or senior analyst level, which includes roles like data scientist, BI specialist, data analyst, data engineer. A business analyst and so on, with a salary of between sixty-eight to one hundred thirteen thousand. That's the average salary range, and that allows you to move to roles like data leadership level roles, like chief data officer, head of data science, VP of analytics, and the average salary range there is from one hundred ninety to two hundred thirty-six thousand dollars. That's huge. That's you know double uh, twice. You can double your salary. Uh, can you tell uh, me, please? You you had you gave us an example of a client that. God, I think you said $96,000 contract. Um, do you have any examples of successful clients that you help move from that $68,000 to $113,000 range to the one hundred ninety dollars to $136,000 uh, salary range um, that by helping them not with more coding skills, but with this data leadership piece? I have worked in career coaching um, for data professionals and helped them get promotions to leadership positions. And um, I, one of my coaching clients for business coaching, actually, like within the first module, she got a 30% raise all the way up to, you know, like past six figures, um, just by like, <laughs> just by doing the market research portion. So I have helped, you know, people definitely um, increase their earnings. But this product winning with data is actually uh, just came out last month and then I'm still doing upgrades. So um, I, I have 21 data career quick wins, I call them. But uh, this week I'm actually kind of putting the icing on the cake here and I'm transforming winning with data into a 30-day challenge with 30, 30 uh, quick win challenges. Gotcha. Can you tell us an example of one of those challenges? That sounds like a really fun thing to do. I love those 30-day challenges approaches. Well, okay, so one that's super easy is to take the tutorial for, um, I, I just teach people how I 47 times increased the number of search appearances 
like it on LinkedIn. So how do you optimize your LinkedIn profile for search? I'm giving out captions, um, like LinkedIn caption templates, but then you go through the case, the case collections, cases, it's like case studies, use cases. And you pick, you know, one of the cases that you feel is most powerful and you just fill in the blanks within the caption of like, you just fill in the details from that project and um, you share it as a LinkedIn post and you start getting that traction. So you start showing up as a data leader on LinkedIn, but you don't have to figure all that out. I give you the cases. I give you the caption. You just kind of plug and chug, put it out there and start and just continue, you know, so you can just okay. reuse those. Yeah. So one of the challenges is I teach people how to create a board uh, a project management board where you have all of your responsibilities mapped out and you actually put it up in your cubicle or in your wall with Trello cards. One, so you can better organize the work you're doing, but also so you can then map out for everyone who walks by that you actually have a management plan for the, and you have milestones and you know the targets and you're actually tracking all of the bigger picture things. Okay. Okay. That's, that's really useful. So, uh, 30 day challenge. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a self paced challenge, right? You take it on, you do the 30 days and uh, what, what can somebody expect after 30 days? Yeah. So you can do it in 30 days. That's the challenge, but you could just reuse all of this stuff. There's no time limit. It's all reusable. So in 30 days, you definitely should have people coming to you asking for your help, asking for your input. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Um, that, no, that sounds like, a, sounds like a great addition um, to somebody's portfolio of skills. Like if somebody's been focusing a lot on just technical all the time, and then they want to, as you said, leverage the power of making an impact by helping people, or by by influencing people uh, i think this could be an interesting addition to look into and thank you for sharing some of the tips that uh, i think that could be valuable um another thing we wanted to talk about was uh impacts of COVID on the data industry so you mentioned you had some ideas around that do you mind sharing them yes okay so i have this kind of broken down into four ways that COVID has impacted the data field and how you can pivot uh, your career based on basically like what, what you specialize in and also what market you're in. So East Eastern market versus Western market because mm -hmm. COVID has changed everything. In terms of the impacts, one is that small and medium-sized businesses are going out of business or have gone out of business because they lost all their contracts. Mm -hmm. So when the demand does come back for data implementation people with, you know, for work, it's, um, there's going to be a lot of it, but then there's not going to be as much supply because the small to medium sized businesses had to lay everyone off. So the small to medium sized businesses are getting less client work. Okay. Uh -huh. These are just like the things that have happened. Um, so if you are a data professional and you think, okay, I lost my job, so I'm going to start an online course. This is a bad time to do that because um, most companies 
most small to medium-sized businesses don't have enough work, but they have an audience that they've developed a rapport with. So they have, they're going gangbusters with B2C offers. So it's going to be really hard to get traction in particular, if you don't have a sort of experience to like get traction for a course right now with everyone else on the market that was a small to medium-sized business, not having B2B clients. Now they're flooding the market with B2C offers. You Uh see what I'm uh saying? So like, it's not a good time to create an online course. If you don't have an audience. Uh, Number three (laughs) is um, almost all knowledge businesses have moved online, perhaps permanently. Uh Okay. Um, and so this is going to affect people differently depending on in, if they're in Western societies or Eastern societies. And number four is um, data implementation work is super easy to outsource online. Okay. Uh-huh. So what COVID really did was it put a lot of smaller businesses out of business. The bigger ones moved online and that removes a huge barrier of entry for outsourcing. Uh-huh. Right. Like why hire someone for $200 an hour? You can hire someone that can get it done for $30 an hour, right? Mm -hmm. So the the barrier of entry was, well, we do everything locally, but that's gone away now. Okay, fair enough. Um, Okay, so how to pivot um, in response to these. So um, the good news is that all of these changes represent opportunities for all of us, no matter what. So it's not like, um, it's just, a matter of being prepared, which is why I had put this together, this outline together in the first place. Um, if you're from an Eastern country, I would be expecting a lot more opportunity in terms of data implementation work coming from Western countries because now they're moved, on, moved online. So the thing to do now would be to work on how can you secure those jobs. Like one suggestion is make sure your English is really, really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, work on the branding so that your branding is representative of expectations of a Western type clients. Also, anything you could do to um, market and upsell your security, your emphasis on security, because that's going to be a barrier of entry. These are three things you could work on to secure more contracts from Western businesses. Um and then if you are a west if you're a data professional in like an employee in the western economy there is a lot you can do so you can double down in your area of expertise so instead of being like the jack of all trades um i would suggest getting really really niched and specialized also you want to choose and if you're a data professional choose a niche that isn't easily outsourced So I came up with two ideas for people. There is, um, of course, I'm going to say data leadership, data strategy, because my program is winning with the data. But strategy, in most cases, if you're hiring someone for strategy, you're not you're not going to lowball that. You're not going to like try and get them. You're going to like you really, really want to make sure you hire. Bite the bullet. Get 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 yeah. Get the right person, even if it costs you more because. Costs a lot because in the end it'll cost you more if you hire the wrong person. Say you special, you're a data professional and you specialize in managing um, remote teams for your data project. That's something that is very useful for Western 
because they can then trust you. Okay, you can manage all of this outsourced work and we will retain you in-house, right? Uh-huh. So that was something that I thought would be helpful to people who are data professionals right now. Depends on which uh, economy you're in or which part of the world you're in. Uh, you would focus on different things. That's a, that's a very cool uh, breakdown. Awesome. Okay. Um, and uh, as we're slowly coming to the end, I, I wanted to ask you from the training that you've done and the um, how you know, how you have uh, worked with different companies, different people, you've seen this industry. Where do you think the whole industry is going, especially with like with this COVID in mind? Where do you think the data science landscape will look like in about maybe two or three years from now? That's a really interesting question. Um, five, 10 years, you know, a long time ago, it was all like, you have to know this most advanced, latest breaking machine learning thing, or else you're not really worth anything, which was yeah. why your courses were so great, because it made it easy for people to learn these things that they needed to know in order to feel to be validated in the field. There was this tremendous pressure of like, you have to keep on the latest, greatest thing. Mm-hmm. But um, now I see a lot of conversations about that's kind of gone away where people are like, yeah, if you don't want to be, you know, doing deep learning, training deep learning models for the rest of your life, that doesn't mean you don't have value to add. Like we're starting to have, it's not just me basically that's saying, hey, there's other ways we need to be adding value and creating uh, in our data work. Um, so I think that that's just going to continue on in that like, there's just going to be, especially also with AI ethics and data privacy and how do we bake AI ethics and transparency into the data applications we're building now, particularly with the contract, contact tracing and um Gosh, I've seen so many grassroots movements in terms of data literacy now and data strategy and data ethics and not just like legal people talking this stuff, but actually developers. Um, And now there are people, coders, application developers, data, data professionals of all skill level coming together to have these conversations themselves and decide for themselves, like, how do we address this? Do we self-organize into grassroots movements? Do we assign power to the UN? And like, and I love that because this is our lives. You know, there's 7 billion people and there shouldn't be 10 10 or 20 people on a special council deciding, um, deciding the fate of, of how these data technologies impact humanity. It needs to be much, you know, a wide forum where we can all contribute and be heard. So awesome. Awesome, thank you. That's uh, that's a great uh, uh, description, and uh, hopefully, yeah, we will all be able to participate more in this. And I like your idea about uh, the diversification of different skill sets uh, or people diversifying their skill sets across data. Um, that I think is also a very a useful thing to keep in mind for people for the future. Um, I want to say thank you for coming on the show and uh, it's been a pleasure chatting. Before I let you go, what's the best places to for people to connect with you and get in touch? Um, LinkedIn. So I'm Lillian Pearson on LinkedIn and then I do a little behind the scenes in Instagram stories, but mostly my big hangout is LinkedIn. Gotcha. And uh, the 
product we're talking about is winningwithdata.com with, with hyphens. Winning-with-data.com. Okay, awesome. So there we have it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this podcast and got some valuable takeaways. My personal favorite part was when we spoke about data leadership and why it's important to position yourself as a data leader and what huge impact you can have on your career. Indeed, who else is going to take on these leadership roles? Who else is better positioned uh, in the organization than the data scientists and members of the data team? And I liked uh, Lillian's advice of uh, positioning yourself as a data, as a thought leader in data, both internally within your organization and externally outside of your organization. Um, so yeah, I've heard that thought several times now. This is something we talked about Kate Strachny, with Kate Strachny on her LinkedIn Live a few weeks ago. Uh, it's definitely a recurring idea, so something to keep in mind about positioning yourself as a, a thought leader within the organization and outside the organization. As usual, you can find the show notes at superdatascience.com slash 387. That's superdatascience.com slash 387. There you can find all the materials that we mentioned on this episode, including uh, links such as the URL to uh, Lillian's LinkedIn. Make sure to connect with Lillian. If you're interested in her uh, product, Winning With Data, you can find it at uh, winning-with-data.com or just find the link in the show notes as well. On that note, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, happy analyzing.